Thank you. All right, if you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and turn to James chapter 1. All right, the book of James, near the end of your Bible, in the first chapter. How many of you have a favorite book of the Bible? Anyone? Favorite book? Anyone care to share? If you, if you want to share your favorite book of the Bible, keep your hand up. All right, what's your favorite book? Jeremiah. Jeremiah, okay. Book of Jeremiah. Anyone? Yeah, Jenny in the back. Ruth, Ruth okay. Yeah, John. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Job? All right, book of Job. Anyone else? Yeah, Jonathan. Book of Hebrews. All right, Maddie, you got a favorite book? Daniel? Thank you, because of me, right? Yeah. Ecclesiastes. All right. You know, I, I don't know if I have a favorite book. I really don't. I don't know if I could choose just one. They're all good, aren't they? Uh, I love the Bible. Uh, but if I were to make a list, I think this book right here would be near the very top of mine, the book of James. And uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to just read the first four verses just as a way of introduction. And then I really want to preach uh, through James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. Uh, but uh, we'll just read these four, first four verses and make some comments and we'll pray and then we'll jump into it. All right, so the Bible says here in James chapter 1, beginning with verse 1, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith Worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So this is interesting. James regarded trials here as inevitable, right? I mean, the Bible says there, when, not if, you fall into a trial. But he says something else that's interesting in this passage. He says that our trials are an occasion for joy. And uh, I was talking to the pastor, as he, as he mentioned uh, earlier, we were talking here yesterday, and I said, you know, James says that in the opening a part of chapter 1, talking about trials and joy, and those two words just don't seem to go together. You know, we just don't, uh, you know, we don't think of, of trials as being a joyous time. But he says they're an occasion for joy because they are made to bring about God's purposes in our life. So our trials have a, have a purpose. And he's not saying that, you know, trials are fun. You know, we're not going to say, yay, you know, another trial. You know, I can't wait for it. That's not what he's saying. But he's saying, count it as joy. Counting it as joy is faith's response to a time of trial. And so I would say that uh, this would be a very accurate statement. Everyone here this morning is either currently in a trial. You're suffering in some way. Or maybe you have just headed out of a trial. Or you're getting ready to go into a trial. And that's what James is, is saying here. When you go through a trial. And trials bring a necessary season to seek wisdom from God. You know, we, we, we don't oftentimes know that we need wisdom until we're in a time of difficulty. You know, when things are fine, when, when life is good and 
you know, the health is good, bills are being paid. Uh, we kind of just, just function, right? We kind of just go through life. And then when our world fall, falls apart, something happens in our family or at work, all of a sudden we're faced with this reality of, I need help. You know, I need some wisdom. And so, so trials bring a season to seek wisdom from God. And, and uh, once we're in a trial, we need to know if a particular trial is something that God wants us to eliminate by faith, or is this something that God wants us to persevere in? And that requires wisdom. And I love this, that God knows what he's doing. You know, God, God knows everything, and he's omniscient, he's all-knowing, and uh, he wants what's best for us. And here's what's great about God. Anyone who doesn't know what to do or where to go or what to say or how to respond, we can ask God and he's going to help us because he wants what's best for us. So God wants us to succeed when we ask for wisdom. And that's what we're going to talk about uh, today is this, how to ask for wisdom. All right, how to ask for wisdom. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you uh, for your word And God, we pray that you would bless the reading of it, as you already have. And uh, God, help us, help us to be obedient to the Holy Spirit's work in our life today. And obedient to your word. And help me as I I speak. And God, we'll thank you for all that you do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's look at the the next verses. Okay, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That give to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Now, the first thing I want to show you is this. I want to show you the problem. Uh, Our problem with not understanding what to do when life falls apart, look at it there in verse 8. Our problem is, is indecision. It's instability. Uh, our problem is, look at what he says there, it's being double-minded. Now, what does double-minded mean? Uh, it kind of has an interesting idea here is that we're, we're double-souled. Okay, like double soul. Like we have two purposes. Uh, we have two mindsets. So it means to straddle the fence. So what he's saying is, this is a man who says something on Sunday about what they believe, but they live differently throughout the week. Uh, you know, this is someone who would come in and, and they would agree with all these things, you know, agree with the word and, and, and uh, you know, identify as a Christian. But really, when they go home or they live their lives throughout the week, uh, you know, they're just different. So the idea here is, is when you live double-mindedness or you're double-minded, the result is this. Notice what it says here. You become unstable. You can't make a decision. Uh, a decision on how you're going to live, a decision on how you're going to act. And this is what I believe. I believe that indecision leads to a prayer life that is hindered by God. Okay, indecision leads to a prayer life that's hindered by God. And you say, well, what do you mean? Because if you're indecisive in life, it leads to being indecisive in your prayer life. Uh, One of the reasons God doesn't answer our prayers, possibly, okay, possibly, is because he doesn't believe you that believe that you believe that that's really what you want when you pray for it. And maybe the reason that God's not answering our prayers is that we're just not being specific enough. Uh, you know, we pray a lot of times in generalities. 
You know, God bless uh, so-and-so. And uh, I think sometimes, you know, what does, that, what does that even mean? And we do it all the time. I'm guilty of it. I do it all the time. God bless Dave and God bless Theron and God bless. But what does that, what does that even mean? And I believe sometimes we need to get more specific and be specific with God. When Jesus would heal a man in the New Testament, when, uh, when someone was sick at the pool of Bethesda or, you know, there was a blind man and they would say, hey, Jesus, heal me. What would Jesus sometimes ask that person? Do you really want to be healed? You know, he'd ask, do you want to be healed? And what was, what, what, what was he saying? He, he's saying, I can heal you, but is this really what you want? Because he wanted to get past people's indecisiveness, which leads to spiritual schizophrenia. And some of you are going to profess to be a Christian today, but you don't live that way Monday through Saturday to possess really what you profess. And some of you need to make your lips match the reality of your lifestyle. And sometimes we wonder, why isn't God answering my prayer? And I believe a lot of times God is really saying to us, you need to stop being so double-minded. You don't even know what you want. You don't even know what you're praying for. And so don't be, don't be double-minded. Stop living two lives. Start being real. Live with integrity. You see, a lot of times we sing these great songs. Like we'll sing songs like, wherever he leads, I'll go. But then we go home and just do whatever we want. You know, so we're, double, we're a double-minded man many times. And that's what he's talking about. So when you live this way, he says that's a problem. But there's a solution for the problem. Okay, there is a solution. Number two, here's the prescription for it. It's very simply just you need to ask for wisdom. Okay, ask for wisdom. Notice uh, verse 5. He says, and I'm sorry, I'm using the clicker up here. So, all right. So verse five says this, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and it braideth not. Now, remember, James is the half brother of Jesus. Okay. Why do we say that, that he's the half brother? Uh, because James and, and Jesus have different dads, right? Uh, uh, Jesus' dad is his heavenly father, God. And uh, James's dad is Joseph, but James apparently either heard the Sermon on the Mount uh, or he was there for the Sermon on the Mount. You say, well, how do you know that? Because there are 20 references of the Sermon on the Mount found in the book of James. And here's one of them right here. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7, the Bible says this, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Remember that verse, Sermon on the Mount? Same word that Jesus used in this sermon is used here in James. Now, in the English language, uh, it almost seems like a suggestion. Like, hey, if you need uh, wisdom, well, maybe you ought to ask God. That's not what he's saying. This isn't a suggestion. The, the word ask here is actually given as a command. It's not an option. So here's what James is saying. Whenever you get in trouble... Whenever your life falls apart, whenever you don't know what to do, it's not an option. It's not a choice. You need to ask for wisdom immediately. This is a command. You need wisdom from God. And so he shows us three ways that we can do this. Write these down when you're struggling. Uh, first of all, how do you ask for wisdom? We have to admit our need. First of all, we got to admit that we, that we need it. Now, where do I get this? Well, he shows us right here in the opening verse, in, in verse 5. If anyone lacks wisdom, if anyone lacks wisdom, would there, would there be anyone here this morning who would say, you know what, Daniel, 
uh, I don't really have it all together. Anyone, can, can anyone admit that with me? I don't have it all together. Anyone say, you know what, I don't really have all the answers, right? That means this is for us. Okay, this is for all of us. If any of you lack wisdom. Okay, the first step to hearing and learning and gaining wisdom is that we have to realize that we don't have all wisdom. Now, let me describe the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Okay, knowledge is filling the mind with a bunch of information about facts and and figures. Okay, and I'm all for knowledge. It's helpful. I'm all for getting a good education and learning as much as you can, reading books. I'm all for it. But wisdom is knowledge in action. So wisdom is knowing what to do and then doing it. Wisdom is knowing what's right and actually living it. This is wisdom. It's living out this righteous, godly life. It's almost like it's like having a godly perspective on things. That we have wisdom. We know what to do. Now, pop quiz. What's the one thing that's going to block wisdom in your life? The Bible tells us. Anyone know? Pride. Right? Pride. I love this verse. The Bible says here, Proverbs 11 and verse 2, When pride cometh, then cometh shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. Now, until you admit that you don't know everything, you'll never learn anything. All right, let me say that again. Until you admit that you don't know everything, you'll never learn anything. To be a disciple, and and that's what we all want to be, to be a disciple is to be a learner. The word disciple is actually synonymous with the word learner. Uh, Pastor's been uh, doing some teaching on Wednesday nights about discipleship, being a disciple. And that's really what a disciple is. We're learning. We're learning about God. We're learning about His Word. We're learning spiritual principles and how to, how to act in, in this sin-cursed world. And so number one is we need to admit our need. So we need to just cry out, God, we need help. We need help. Uh, number two, we need to ask for wisdom. Okay? Simple. Ask for wisdom. Uh, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask Fox News. Is that, what, is that what the Bible says? Fox News? If any of you lack wisdom, you should look at Facebook and see what everyone else thinks. If any of you lack wisdom, maybe ask your unbelieving friends. Is that what he says? No. What's the Bible say? If any of you lack wisdom, they should ask who? God, right? This is who we ask. We ask God for wisdom. And the Bible shows us that true wisdom comes from God. Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 6, For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. So here's the question. If God were to ask you this question today, okay, you go home and God's waiting for you. Okay, God's waiting in your living room. And he's there when you show up. And he says, I'm going to give you one choice. You can have anything in the world. Anything. It's yours. Whatever you want. You want a new car? New house, new job, you want a million dollars, anything you want. What do you want? What do you ask for if you were given that option? Well, the Bible shows us that Solomon had this same question posed to him. And uh, here's a man who was a leader of the nation. God came to him and he said, Solomon, uh, I'm going to give you one thing. Anything, anything you want, you can have it. And uh, whatever it is. And Solomon looks at himself and he says, okay. He says, I'm, I'm an inadequate leader. I'm leading millions of people. I don't have all the answers. 
So he says, I guess I'll ask for wisdom. That's what he asks for. And what a wise thing to ask for, right? Is ask for wisdom. And uh, he asked for one thing. Now, did you know there's only one place in the Bible where God attaches a promise to wisdom? God says, if you're in this situation, you can take to the bank. I'm going to come through with wisdom. It's a guarantee. You know what it is? It's through suffering. And uh, you and I, we can ask God for a lot of things. The Bible tells us to, that we can make our requests known unto God, right? We can take our burdens to him and we can, we have this right so that we can ask God, we can enter in, we can ask God for anything. We can ask uh, uh, God to, to work in a, in a situation. Uh, we can ask God to do certain things. We can ask him any kind of question we want, and we can hope and pray that God works. But you can take this one to the bank. When you ask God for help, when you need wisdom in a struggle or in a trial, in a situation, he guarantees he's going to answer that prayer. It's not an amazing thing that we have that promise from. If you if you're if you need help, if you're in a situation, if you're in a struggle, you ask me for wisdom. No question, I, I'm going to give it to you. That's a promise, and and what how how encouraging that is. So, what would happen if every time you went into a situation, you paused, you took a step back, and and you just asked God for wisdom? Do you think your life would be different? You know, what what if before you go to work tomorrow, before you walk into the door of your work, you stop at the door and you ask God for wisdom? God, I need wisdom today. Help me to say what I need to say. Help me to do what I need to do. Help me to respond the way I need to respond. Man, our day would be different. What if what if we walk? What if uh, before we walk into the house after work to greet our spouse? To pray, ask for wisdom. What, What about before you pick up? A beer bottle to think, okay, is this what God wants? Is this the wisest thing for me? Is this really what God would want me to do? Before you discipline your kids, before you move locations, before you take a new job. What if we said before all these things, God, give me wisdom? Do you think God would give you wisdom in that situation? He will. And, uh, and, he, and he loves to do it. So let me ask you, how many things... Have we tried to do in and of ourselves apart from asking God? Think about that. How many times, just think about throughout the day, throughout the week, how many times do we do things without asking God, with just in our own power, and our own strength? You know, that's what baffled the Chinese Christians when they came to America many years ago. China was having this underground revival and just great things happening in China. And they decided to come to America to, to just see what's going on in America and uh, what's happening there. What's God doing there? And when they went back, their friends asked them, hey, what was amazing about America? And here's what the Chinese Christians said. They said it blew us away at how much Americans attempted to do separate and apart from the power of God. I mean, and that's true. Isn't that true? Mostly with American Christianity that... Uh, Man, we, we attempt to do things for God, but have no power from God. And here's what James says. If you admit your need, number two, you ask for wisdom. He says, number three, you need to anticipate it. Okay, anticipate it. Notice what he says. You need to ask with, without what? Without wavering. Right? Ask without wavering. Don't doubt. 
When you ask for wisdom, anticipate it. God's going to answer. God's going to do it. And uh, how, many of you, how many of you have ever prayed this way? You pray for something, and God doesn't maybe answer it the way you want. And you call up your friends, and you're talking about that. And you say, well, you know, I, di- I, didn't, really, I didn't really think it was going to happen anyway. You ever been there? I have. And if you're going to have that mentality, then you don't need to pray at all. He's saying, pray without doubting. So the means for wisdom is prayer, but the mindset for wisdom is not wavering. It's not doubting. That's why the writer of Hebrews said this in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. They must do what? They must believe. Believe that he is. Believe that God exists. And if you thank God after he responds in your life, that's not really faith. Uh, Trust is thanking God before he responds. And we need to say, God, I'm not going to thank you after the blessing. I'm going to thank you before the blessing comes to my life because you're you're, you're a good God and you're going to do what's best anyway. Who am I to question God? So when we pray and we ask God for things, let's thank him ahead of time. God, I know that you're going to work in this situation. It may not be what I want. It may not be what I think is right. But God, I know you're going to work. I know you're a good God. I know you love me. God, I know you, I know you want what's best for me. So God, whatever that is, I'm going to thank you ahead of time. That's faith. You see, in the natural, visible realm, here's what we say. Seeing is believing. You know, we see it, we believe it. But in the Christian uh, faith. This is what the Bible says. Believing is seeing. We believe. We believe God. Now, I'm not saying you name it and claim it, believe it and achieve it. I'm not preaching that kind of theology. I'm not saying any of that. But what I'm saying is that some of us, including me, okay, we just need a healthy dose of faith and trust and faith in God. Someone once said this. This is, man, this just grips me. They said, and I don't know who it was that said this, but they said, if you pray, don't worry. If you worry, don't pray. You know, if you pray, don't worry. Give it to God. God's going to work. But if you worry, don't pray. Because worry and faith cannot coexist, which leads us to the promise in this text. The problem is indecision. Okay, the prescription is wisdom, but here's the promise. Number three, God will provide. This is a promise. Look at what he says here again in our, in our text, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, I love this, that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Here's what's great about God. God knows that when you ask for wisdom, what you're doing really is you're humbling yourself. When you, come, when you ask God for wisdom, you're really saying to God, God, I don't have the answers. I don't know what to do. And so God knows, okay, he's humbling himself. And I love this. I love this. And it says, and he upbraideth not. You know what that means? He doesn't sit back and critique you. He, he, he's not sitting there criticizing you. He's not trying to make you feel bad. He doesn't say to you, well, pff, man, well, it happened last time. You know, I gave you wisdom and you blew it or You know, man, why didn't you ask me for wisdom last time? What were you thinking? He doesn't do any of that. The Bible says that when you ask for wisdom in a trial, God is going to come through. He's going to do three things. Okay, write these things down. God gives continually. 
He gives continually. The text says that God gives wisdom. The word give here means continuous. It means that God has an endless supply of wisdom. Never runs out. The God of all the earth, the God of all creation, he is a God of wisdom. And he just gives continually. He has unlimited resources. So he'll just continually give it when you ask for it. Number two, God gives generously. He doesn't question. He doesn't hold back wisdom. Uh, he doesn't filter it through you. When you ask, he gives. And when you ask again, he gives it again. He just, he's just so generous. God wants to give you wisdom. Number three, he gives it ungrudgingly. You know, sometimes when you ask someone for help and they say, well, pff, I, I knew you didn't know that. I, I knew you didn't know how to do that. Uh, you know, it's funny. We uh, just last week, it was a nice fall day and Leslie wanted to take some pictures with the boys and so we went to a park, and uh, she's really good with that kind of thing, and she has a nice camera. And so we're with our boys, and she's taking pictures, and of course, I'm just kind of there, you know, watching and holding her lens and that kind of thing. And uh, I see a spot over in the distance of this bridge, this bridge going across this creek. And I said to her, I said, hey, let's, that looks like a good place for pictures. Let's go over there to that bridge. And she said, well, you can't get there from here. And I said, what do you mean? I can see it right there. You can, we can just go across that field, and we can go right there and take pictures on that bridge. And she said, okay. You know that kind of tone of voice? Okay. Well, I knew. she. Okay, she doesn't believe me. So we start heading down through this field, and, and we get there, and she was right. We couldn't get there. <laughs> All right, there was a big valley, and okay, yeah, you're right. I told you. So God isn't like that, okay, when you ask for wisdom. <laughs> so what would Leslie be? Okay, no. But listen, God isn't like that. He, he's not sitting back, you know, hey, I, told, I told you. I knew you didn't know. Nope. God says, when you come, I'm going to give it to you. I'm not going to hold anything back. I'm not going to make you feel bad. I'm not going to hold it against you. I'm going to give it to you without question. Now, some of you right now, you're in the midst of a trial. You're, you're, I mean, you're right in the thick of it. You're in the middle of it. Some of you might even say this is the hardest season of your life. And this is very simple. But listen, the thing that you need right now more than anything else is wisdom. That's what you need. You need wisdom. And you may say, well, no, I, I, I need blank. You know, I need this. I need, no. God says, pull over and park. Just, you need to ask me for wisdom. And he says, when you ask me for wisdom, I'm going to respond. I'm going to give it to you. And some of you may be thinking, Daniel, you know, I understand all of this, but you really don't know where I am right now. I mean, I'm a Christian, and I love God, and, and I know that he can work, but you're just thinking about your situation, and you're thinking, man, I just don't see how God could, could, can make anything good out of this. Uh, you know, we think about our health or we think about our finances or uh, a wayward child or, or just something happening in our family. And we say, I don't know how any of this is going to work out for good. Well, I want to encourage you, hopefully, with, with this little illustration. All right, Corey Tenboom uh, is a lady that you might be familiar with. For those of you that don't know Corey Tenboom, her family was very instrumental 
uh, during the Holocaust to protect uh, Jewish people, men and women during the Holocaust, hundreds of them. And her story is how they would hide them in the walls and they would hide them in the floor. And, and really, they risked their lives many times and suffered persecution. And she saw horrible suffering during the Holocaust, as you would imagine. And uh, there were a lot of questions that didn't get answered. But in response to all of that, she wrote a poem. And, and I want to read this poem to you that she wrote. It's so powerful. It talks about how God weaves together our lives through suffering in this wonderful tapestry. And so here's the poem that she wrote. She said, My life is but a weaving between my God and me. I cannot choose the colors he weaveth steadily. Oft times he weaveth sorrow, and I in foolish pride forget he sees the upper and I the underside. Not till the loom is silent and the shuttle cease to fly will God unroll the canvas and reveal the reason why. The dark threads are as needful in the weaver's skillful hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. He knows, he loves, he cares. Nothing this truth condemn. He gives the very best to those who leave the choice to him. Isn't that good? And that's so encouraging. And I, and I want you to get this as we close. You know, you're, you're suffering right now. You're suffering in, in your past. It, that, that doesn't define you. Your suffering does not, does not define you. God uses your suffering to remind you, and there's a big difference. He's molding you. He's shaping you into the image of his son. He has a purpose in it all. And what we realize is that some of the greatest tragedies in our life, that was the platform from which God shaped us to see the greatest triumphs in our life. So I don't know what you're going through. I know some of you are going through some really hard things right now. Really hard things. But God knows and God cares and God loves and God wants what's best for you. And it may be that he's just waiting for you to ask him for wisdom. Just ask him for wisdom. And it's a command and, and, and it's a promise that God's going to come through and God's going to help you. So ask for wisdom and God will give it. Well, listen, before we pray, I just want you guys to know, and you guys know this, I hope you do. Um, if you guys need anything, if you ever need to talk about anything, if you have a prayer request, if maybe, maybe there's someone here who's never been saved, uh, you're not for sure. If you were to die today, you'd go to heaven. Uh, we'd love to talk to you, me or pastor. Maybe you have a friend here. Uh, talk to someone about that. Maybe you need to be baptized. You know, it's amazing to me how many people have never really followed the Lord in believers' baptism. And uh, some people, uh, this is their story. A lot of people that I've, I've heard from, they'll tell me this, that they, got, uh, they made a profession of faith early on in life and got baptized. And then later on, they really knew that they weren't saved and they trusted Christ and they never got their baptism on the right side of their salvation. And so maybe that's you. Maybe you need to be baptized. Uh, come talk to us. If you need help, if you need to talk, uh, we want to try to help you, try to give you some resources and pray with you. So um, we want you to know that. All right, well, let's pray together and we'll be dismissed. Lord, we thank you. Uh, we thank you for your word. And God, we thank you for you. We thank you for who you are. That God, you are a God of wisdom. 
And you're a God who gives generously. And so help us, God, as we go through life, help us not to have pride and think that, well, we can just pull ourselves up by the bootstrap and we can power through it and we can get it done. And no, God, help us to be humble and help us to, to cry out for you and ask for wisdom. And, and God, as you give it to us, help, help us to respond to that the right way. And uh, God, I pray that you would help us to grow and help us to, to believe you for greater things and just do a work in our hearts and in our lives and in our church family. God, help us to have a good week as we go out. Help us to share the gospel this week with uh, the people we see at work or in our neighborhoods. Help us to take some tracks and just be faithful at, uh, at spreading the good news. And uh, Lord, help us to be a light in this community. And I pray that this, this community here would know that we care, that we care about them and we want to help them. And so help us, help us to be obedient, help us to please you this week. We thank you for all that you do. We love you, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you guys. Do you have anything? Anything else? Yeah, the pie, the pie and praise, the sign-up sheets on the back. Just put your name.